British Wrestling Spotlight on the Indicorner.com. I'm Benno and I'm still joined by Joe, JP and Martin and we're going to get into part two of our best of Britres and Europe for 2017 and we'll have a few more guests and interviews doing run-ins as we go through the show. So without further ado, let's uh, get straight into it. Martin, uh, what categories have we got in part two? Well, yeah, um, we've got a few more categories for you. Um, first off, it's going to be best promo, which is a uh, fairly self-explanatory there. I mean, the person who did some of their best work on the microphone or in vignettes this year. Um, second one is best show, the out-and-out best card that, that we've all seen this year in Europe. Um, best moment and then also our final one which is the big one is a wrestler of the year you know the person who's excelled above everybody else and uh jp if you'd like to get us underway with uh our first category promo of the year okay now this is one of the ones and i'm sure that a lot of our, our listeners will be um thinking already who we're already going to be going for um one of the things that's been really good this year one of the um our favorite moments of any of the shows has been uh, the promos from this one particular guy. Um, absolutely no surprise. Uh, my promo of the year is Zach Gibson. And if I can point out one particular promo, it would be the promo he did at Defiant that we went to, which if it makes it to air, I'll, I won't spoil it for anyone because it'll probably be happening this, this Friday upcoming I can suggest to everyone, if you get onto YouTube and make sure you're just watching that one particular moment of anything. But yeah, I, I'm going to say Zach Gibson. Joe? Oh, Zach Gibson as well. Zach Gibson has stolen shows for me at times with mm. his promos. Like, his promos were my takeaway from shows uh, this year at points. Uh, I think of Ali Pally, and I think I perhaps enjoyed his promo more than anything on the entire card. It was hilarious from start to finish. And it's what he's done with that promo. He's got this base promo that he established at the Super Strong Style in 2016. And a year and a half later, he's putting all of these different touches to it. He's changing it up based on the crowd he's wrestling in front of, based on the opponent. And it always gets a desired reaction. I've never seen it. I've never heard it not work ever. Um, I just think the man is absolutely brilliant with his delivery. His facial expressions are spot on. He's got that character down pat, and he gets some of the most heat in any any. He gets some of the most heat of any wrestler in the entirety of the UK. Think of him going to the US, New York. He's cutting that promo, and he's getting like nuclear heat in New York. <laughs> to me, that summed up exactly just how good this bloke is. Yeah, it it could just be a gimmick, couldn't it? It could kind of be a a jokey thing where he runs through the same lines and he gets the everyone enjoys booing him when we move on, but. I think you're right. It, it's the content there. And I'll just jump in and give mine because it's Zach Gibson as well. <laughs> um, he's just, 
I mean, it's the individual lines as well. I mean, uh, talking about the CCK last month of progress, and he's saying, uh, "Watch CCK. Where am I supposed to watch you when you're always injured?" His line about <laughs> black bulletproof, uh, sorry, black bullet club shirts for Rev Pro fans and pretending you know who this is. Um, even just the, the promo battle that he had with Trans Seven of Progress in Manchester, where he was just mm, like, yeah. "Look at the state of you." It's just, it's the content and it's the way he delivers it, and it's just. He's just incredible. I just think he's, he's, he, he was great last year, better again this year, and he continues to improve at, a, at an absolutely scary rate at Gibson. So yeah, I can't, can't argue with you, JP or Joe. He's just, he's the best thing going right now in Brit Res. Uh, how about you, Martin? Oh, sorry. I was going to say one thing before Martin, we get to yours, just to say in terms of the way that I think he's improved it is it's gone from the kind of the lines which were really well rehearsed and he had them down pat to actually including these comments, which as all great heels should have that element of truth to it. So when he's, when he called dad bod, when he's calling out hipster fans for not really subscribing to new Japan worlds. And, um, he mentions that they subscribe to two things. That's WWE network and Pornhub premium. Um, <laughs> he said that he was just like, this is absolutely outstanding. <laughs> Sorry, Martin. It's okay. You're- no, but something you guys didn't mention though, something that I love about Gibson is his facial expressions. Oh, he just yeah. constantly just looks disgusted with, I mean, <laughs> ICW haven't had the best year, but there was a brilliant, um, Gibson doing his usual, uh, promo routine in a ladder match with Kenny Williams. And he was just coming out looking at this ladder and going, I'm not fucking doing this shit. You know what I mean? It was, um, absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Just his facial expressions, it was amazing. I mean, as much as I love Gibson, um, I mean, it's got to be Trent Seven for me. I mean, from the progress videos on YouTube to his promos in the ring, I mean, he's he's been fantastic this year. I mean, he's quite clearly the mouthpiece for a uh, British strong style, and he always seems to manage to be funny, entertaining, but he'll also get across the story or the angle at the same time. And I mean... His work when he came back after being beaten in a matter of seconds at Super Strong Style oh, 16 God. was brilliant. And um, yeah. just seeing him constantly play with fans by, you know, referencing his WWE UK work and, you know, how those three are further in the brand for Uncle Paul. And so he, he's just amazing <laughs> every time. Never, never gets old. And I just think he's uh, been absolutely fantastic this year. I love the uh, one, two. Is this on? Oh, that, was, <laughs> that was one of my favourite comedy moments of the year. Uh, like, yeah, that was that was great. And I think my brother spoke to him about that. And he, I think Trent Seven said to him, oh, you got that? And he was like, yeah, absolutely, I got it. And Because he, he wasn't too sure that people had picked up on what he was mm-hmm. getting at, apparently. But, yeah, that was a, a little moment that I loved mm-hmm. in particular. He's just funny, isn't he? You just look at Trent Seven, and there's just these just one of them people. Like uh, it's like when he does his, his long spiel at Fight Club Pro. Anyone else doing that? It kind of you think uh, it's a bit indulgent, this. But every time he cracks me up, he, he might go 20 minutes doing his Jim Smallman impression. But he's just yeah, there's just something so endearing about Trent. He's got a charisma that not many of our wrestlers do, and then, even in NXT as well, his promo work there has been really good too. So yeah, I can I can see why he's there. I mean. Is there an argument for anyone else? He's my girlfriend's favourite wrestler for a reason. You know, <laughs> that's because yeah. uh, of his charisma uh, more so than anything. And the fact that he's obviously got a sense of humour as well. Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't take himself overly seriously. But I think what he's done as well is he's done a great job as a heel and as a face in delivering his promos mm-hmm. this year. Like, obviously in progress, we wanted to cheer for his strong style. But he still did, did some great heel promos during his time 
in progress this year as a heel as well. Yeah. One thing I was also going to mention, I don't know if any of you guys saw his ring announcing at the uh, last London show, the Fight Club. Capital yeah, Cupknocker. I was there and his ring announcing was, I had me in stitches, like I was on the floor at points just pissing myself at some of the stuff <laughs> he was doing. So he, he's got like the kind of um, demeanour and the body language of a stand-up at times. Yeah. Like he really has, like there's almost, uh, there may be like a little stand-up act in his future potentially, I don't know. But yeah, he's got kind of the basics of a good stand-up, I feel. Um, there's a couple of interesting honourable mentions here. Um, Martin, I'll go to you first of all. For your honourable mention of um, Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah, I mean, of course, everyone raves about Zack's wrestling ability, and, you know, why wouldn't they, you know? But I think his work this year on the microphone's been first class. You know, obviously, the new attitude change has helped, and his allegiance to Suzuki Gun has certainly helped that. And, um, I mean, especially that promo that he cut at Red Pro um, this month, I mean, where he said they might as well erect a statue of him next to Karl Marx outside your (laughs) call, and now he's just putting everything down. And, yeah, and I just think um, that's the first one that I can think of in the top of my head. But, uh, yeah, I think all his mic work this year has been... Been, um, has been really, really good. So, um, you know, perhaps some people wouldn't, you know, think about Zack Sabre Jr.'s promo of the year, but I think he's been fantastic. I think that's a really great shout. Hill Zack promos are really good. Really, yeah. really good. He's done some good stuff at the cockpit shows as well this year, in little segments, little skits. And some of his little comments to the crowd when he's a heel, I love as well. Um, so I, I wouldn't have thought of that myself, Martin, but I can definitely see what you're saying. Another honourable mention I wanted to mention mm-hmm. as well was Shah Samuels. Mm-hmm. Um a guy who I've never really loved in the ring, but who I love seeing on shows because he is so entertaining and he knows how to get over on the mic. Um, in Red Pro this year, he's had some absolutely hilarious segments in ring and cockpit shows. His whole thing with Rob Lyers, there was a great promo where he talked about having a new tag team partner and that was great again because he could carry his bags, make him a cup of tea and buy him a cheeky pint at the end of the night was... <laughs> That had me in stitches. Um, and also, I'm not a big ICW fan, but I've watched little bits and pieces that he's done there. Yeah. The stuff with Jack Jester is the kinky party is genuinely quite funny yep. as well. Um, so I think Shah is someone who really is over-based in his character and his promo delivery and how good he is at kind of encapsulating that character. Um, so I definitely think he should be mentioned here. So following on from promo of the year, we're going to move on to the show of the year. First of all, we've got some... Comments from Andy Ogden and Britress Away Days. Hello everyone, it's Andrew from Graps and Claps here, and my choice for UK Show of the Year would go to Fight Club Pro's Dream Tag Team Invitational Night 1, situated in the sweltering Diamond Banqueting Suite in Wolverhampton, which took place in March. This venue is more actually more home to wedding after parties rather than wrestling shows, so why is this show the best of the year? Well, it says something when Travis Banks vs. Will Ospreay was only the half-time main event. Trying to follow such breathless matches as uh, Leo Rush vs. Shane Strickland vs. Sammy Callan. And also the tag team match between Anne Helico and Jack Evans vs. the team of Eddie Dennis and Mark Andrews FSU. The semi-main event of uh, Phoenix vs. Pentagon Jr., was only topped by the almighty six-man dream tag team main event of the elite Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus British Strongstown, which had the Wolves' massive eating out of their sweaty palms. 
this I felt has made me want to go and watch Fight Club Pro even more in the future, and it looks more than likely in 2018. Anyway, you can follow me on Twitter at OggyPart3, and also read my 100-show year diary, Graps and Claps, on Tumblr.com, reviewing shows, beer prices, and maybe the odd cabaret night in Blackpool. And it shows off the general wrestling fan's journey of what is what has been a great 2017. Hello, Ben Corrigan here. You can follow me on Twitter at BritWrestlerWayDay. My favourite show of 2017? Well, I would have to say that Progress has had a, an inconsistent year. Uh, they do seem to have had a whole load of shows where absolutely nothing of any note really happened. Having said that, their Chapter 51 event in Birmingham in July was fantastic. Uh, it featured the War Machine and London Riots rematch, Matt Riddle against Volta for the Atlas belt, and the CCK six-man tag against British Strong Style. Uh, all three of those were absolutely brilliant. Similarly, uh, Progress Super Strong Style 16 tournament uh, weekend in May, that was a personal highlight of the year for me, um, because yes, there were some top quality matches, but it was mainly due to the amazing atmosphere in, in, in amongst the crowd that weekend. Uh, particularly in the bar area where I was standing, it was three days of non-stop chanting, singing, laughing, cheering, booing, heckling, joking, dancing, chatting, just everyone being really friendly with each other and generally having a great time. Other shows that have been my favourites this year, they included the two events that German promotion WXW held in London in January and October, I think it was. Again, terrific atmosphere at both, uh, also excellent matches, particularly on the second one, which had Volta against David Starr. I personally enjoyed the heck out of the Lucha Libre World event at Albert Hall in Manchester this summer, and the m- monthly Lucha Forever shows at Frog and Bucket in Manchester as well. They've been loads of fun. Completely bonkers, but loads of fun. My overall pick, though, for the best show I've seen in 2017, I think it would have to be the Fight Club Pro Dream Team Invitational in Wolverhampton last Easter. Uh, It was just match after match of crazy, breathless action from some of the best wrestlers in the world. The Manchester show the next night was similarly great, uh, but the Wolverhampton one for me was just a little bit better than anything else I've seen this year. So there we are. I hope you've all had a great year. Merry Christmas. So guys, following on from uh, what we've just heard there, um, interesting that we heard Fight Club Pro during Tactic Invitational mention, we mentioned that in episode one, but also Brit Wrestle Way Days was a big fan of Progress 51 in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. Um, guys, what were your choices uh Benno, anything that stands out for you? Yeah, I think I've got to go with uh, the Fight Club Pro Dream Tag Team Invitational. I, I struggled with this one, to be honest, in picking the uh, mm. show mm. of the year. Um, it's hard as well, isn't it? Because, I mean, the reason I had uh, Andy and, and Ben do those clips there is that the two men who, they're the two ta- kind of people who I think are getting to 100 odd shows a year. So yeah. it's always interesting to get their perspective. And there is a difference, isn't there, between the live show, you, your best live show you've been to in a year and the best show you saw, saw on VOD. As far as the live experience, 
though, I can't argue with Andy, the Dream Tag Team Invitational. There was just, it was just a special night. And again, we've been critical of the, uh, the Young Bucks a little bit recently, but yeah, we can't forget, like you said on, on show one, Joe, they gave us a really, really memorable evening. Um, I was made up to see Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix, two of my favorite wrestlers uh, in person. It was just, there was just something special about being there with a thousand one hundred people seeing a, a Fight Club Pro show. And it wasn't just that either. It was the, you know, I had a, a great night out after and then went to night two, um, which took place in Manchester, which kind of forms maybe part of, maybe I'm cheating here, but part of why I went with the Dream Tag Team Invitational because night two in Manchester was great as well. Jack Evans and Shane Strickland had an incredible uh, comedy match um, there was a lot of fun in the main event with Sammy Callahan and Pete Dunne teaming up against Pentagon and Phoenix that was awesome as well a, a lovely little technical match with Zack Sabre Jr. on the show with Angelico it was just it, it felt like such a big weekend of the year in Brit Res and I just didn't feel like I could give my show of the year or do this show without mentioning and talking about how great a weekend it was and I know Ben there made an argument for Progress 51 in Birmingham and Progress have had some good cards this year but yeah nothing really for me compares to especially night one of the Dream Tag Team Invitational with maybe just a, a writing vote there for, for night two as well I don't think it's even just say the uh, Elite versus British Strong Style match from night one as well I think up and down the card it was a really great show yeah. and it was a really special show like you even look at say the opener which was that multi-man match and I had CCK down as my breakthrough star and at this point you know CCK was still establishing themselves really breaking through you got the likes of Chris Brooks in there with Lycos not in the match but being featured as well probably the first time a lot of people are seeing someone like that as well yeah. I think you had Nixon Newell in there it yeah. uh, ended up being a last I think it was her last appearance in uh British wrestling before she went to WWE as well. You had some really good import matches mixed in with British talent as well. And up and down the card, it seemed like something was kind of happening at that point in time. Yeah. Getting 1,100 people to Wolverhampton, of all places, to watch wrestling, that's quite an achievement, especially in, when it's not WWE. And it was lashing down with rain, or it was a grim, grim day. Miserable day. Miserable day. But my God, was my mood lifted. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's it's hard for me to kind of differ uh, with your sentiments about um, Dream Tag Team Invitational Night One. Um, there is a, a couple of honourable mentions that I'd like to mention, um, and it was one of the ones that that Joe had suggested. And I remember looking back at the card and thinking, "Oh my God, yeah, this was arguably." And I, I remember writing it to Twitter at the time that it might have, what I thought was Progress's best show from top to bottom. That was Chapter Forty Six. Um, I like to chill out here and shoot some dinosaurs, which um, hat tip to Mark Haskins, son Jack, for the for the name of that show. Um, just some incredible stuff on that show. Um, in particular, you had um, you had Riddle Bolter on there. You had Osprey Havoc. Um, um, the Osprey, like I think, in terms of variety, that yeah. Osprey Havoc match was essentially a death match. Yep. Riddle Vault was a completely different type of competitive, kind of strong style singles match, wasn't it? And you had Jack Sexsmith, Travis Banks, which has really felt like a big breakthrough moment for Jack Sexsmith. Jack Sexsmith as a wrestler, um, and I remember afterwards, I mean, he was incredibly emotional after, after that match as well. And it was just, in, it was just incredible, um, and that might have been my favourite. Um, Progress show of the year. And I'd also like to give a shout out because we were over, obviously mentioned it before about being at OTT, but the WrestleRama Belfast show, um, which was really wild and you could kind of, it was such a hot crowd, partly because of Kings of the North, 
Collins, the fact that, you know, um, you know, friend of the show, Pete Cinnamon, he, 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 we spoke to him about it afterwards and he was saying they kind of starved of wrestling in Belfast between that and pro wrestling Ulster. So it was a really hot crowd and a really hot show. And he even had a wedding proposal. Yeah, which was a really nice moment as well. <laughs> it was a nice moment. Ricochet, Jeff Cobb, as far yes. as import matches go on that show, was really good as well. Recommend that match highly. How about you, Martin? Well, I was trying to think of a show that just had a little bit of everything, you know, some comedy, high-flying, technical, and, you know, there's a lot of shows that uh, offer a lot of variety. But I have to say my out-and-out favourite of the year was uh, OTT, Out Space Odyssey 3, Stranger Things Have Happened. I mean, it's obviously a mouthful uh, of a title for a show. And, I mean, th- this show just had a bit of everything. British Strong Style having one of my favourite matches of theirs against uh, Angel Cruz, Be Cool, and Tyler Bay is one of the best most bizarre comedy matches I've seen all year. Pete and Trent doing the Vince McMahon strut around the ring and, you know, tons of shenanigans. I mean, that's, it's one of the matches that's just got to be seen to be believed. Uh, Ryan Smile having what I consider probably his best matches. OTT champion against Matt Riddle. The uh, Jordan Devlin match against Moose that we talked about before. That was a match mm-hmm. of the year contender. And I mean, there was just tons and tons of this show. And, and as far as variety goes, um, yeah, it was definitely the best show of the year for me. I mean, obviously, some of the matches um, went up to some of the ones we've talked about before on Red Pro, etc. But as far as variety goes, I mean, this, this just had it all, basically. Uh, let's get into our moments of the year, then. To lead us in, we've got Dave from the WrestleBlast podcast we've got Neil Docking from the Daily Mirror and we've got Mort from the Real Hero Archive to give us their picks Hello this is Brother Mort from the Real Hero Archive 2017 was a great year for wrestling and British wrestling in particular. This was the year where I really started taking trips from Denmark to London to watch wrestling, which I will continue to do in 2018 as I've simply fallen in love with the British wrestling scene. My favorite match from Europe this year was Walter against Ilya Dragunov from WXW's 16 karat gold tournament. This match reminded me so much of what I love in wrestling with the crazy chops and the great fighting spirit. My favorite match that I attended live this year was the spectacular match between Keith Lee and Tomohiro Ishii at York Hall in November at Global Wars UK. However, my favorite moment in British wrestling in 2017 is attending the great Pro Wrestling Eve Shiwon Ace of Eve tournament at the Resistance Gallery in London. Two days of great women's wrestling with the highlight for me being an awesome match between Emi Sakura and Mako Satomura. To see these two Japanese women's wrestling legends in a tiny intimate venue in London was a special moment that I'll remember forever. It's Dave from the WrestleBlast podcast here. My picks for the year are 
Jordan Devlin for my wrestler of the year. Uh, I was sort of tied between him and Pete Dunne, um, specifically for their work outside of uh, WWE. Um, Jordan has just done a fantastic job in OTT, and I think at the moment it's safe to say that he's pretty much carrying that brand, not just on his own, but I certainly think he's got a major part to play in actually moving the needle in terms of OTT. And if you haven't seen Jordan in, in OTT, it's certainly worth checking out. It'll probably come as no surprise then that my promotion of the year is in fact OTT. Um, I am obviously from Northern Ireland. Uh, they are an Irish promotion, but they do come up to Northern Ireland quite a lot. And uh, it was, I'm ashamed to say it was only a few months ago that I actually got to check out OTT. But I have to say, I absolutely loved it. I love the production value. I love the uh, intimate setting that uh, I got to see them in. And the online matches you can watch are tremendous as well. And it's certainly well worth checking out. Um, I think for my moment of the year, I'm going to pick... Um, Probably the Pete Dunne versus Tyler Bate match from WWE uh, NXT Chicago, I believe it was. Um, Just for the sheer fact that they really got to showcase their ability. They got to showcase... um, Brit rests to the world as it were and I think that it's certainly opened a lot of eyes whenever you see a sort of uh, Tyler Bate or a Pete Dunne coming onto TV now they're getting an enormous reaction and it certainly wasn't going to be like that a year ago shall we say so I think it's a good thing that they're opening the eyes to the uh, general public about how good the UK independent scene is and just the general sort of standard of European wrestling I think is tremendous so so there you go guys Uh, happy Christmas and uh, have a great New Year. Hi, I'm Neil Docking, wrestling writer for the Daily Mirror and formerly a contributor to Power Slam magazine. At the start of this year, a lot of my focus was on the WWE UK Championship Tournament interviewing, compiling features on the competitors to help kind of introduce them to a mainstream audience and roping in people like Benno to provide some expert analysis. I think everyone I spoke to was excited for the weekend in Blackpool, but there was also a little bit of trepidation because fans really wanted to see WWE do justice to the independent scene and the talent that we have on these shores, especially after the lukewarm reaction to the ITV World of Sport Wrestling relaunch. We needn't have worried because with William Regal, Robbie Brookside, Triple H and Michael Cole taking on such a hands-on role, and crucially the wrestlers themselves absolutely delivering in the ring. It was a, it was a phenomenal success. Tyson T-Bone's traveller accent aside, there was barely a misfire over two days of cracking action, and talents like Mark Andrews, Jordan Devlin, Wolfgang, Trent Seven, and of course Pete Dunne and the winner Tyler Bate, performed to a level beyond what I think WWE had even expected. While it's nearly a year later, and still no sign of the mooted weekly WWE UK show, I understand that's down to logistical issues and the difficulty in coordinating the project, rather than a lack of desire from WWE to want to showcase these talents. The weekend in Norwich showed that it's no easy task producing a wrestling show over here, and they may need to rely on partners like Progress and ICW and their personnel if this is ever going to get off the ground. However, the full-time contracts they gave to competitors, like James Drake for example, has allowed him to start wrestling full-time, launch his own training school and concentrate on honing his craft and you can see how he's improved as a result. There's also now a clear pathway from the UK independent scene to WWE's performance centre in Orlando, Florida. Making it to the top is no longer an abstract dream. Ultimately, what those involved have made of this opportunity is down to them and there can be no question that Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate in particular 
have used it as a springboard to establish themselves as two of the most in-demand and exciting young talents on the planet. The sheer quality and maturity that they showed at NXT TakeOver Chicago in May, when Dunn defeated Bate to become WWE UK Champion, was astonishing. To have the American crowd chanting UK, UK, UK midway through the match was just surreal. It was undoubtedly one of the greatest matches in NXT history, and it's about that sure to top multiple end of year lists. As someone who's interviewed both of these men several times this past year, I could not have been happier for them, because you could see how they set themselves ambitious goals, goals that a lot of people would have shaken their head at and thought that was never possible, but they've set about achieving them and they've made it a reality. And regardless of what does or does not transpire with the WWE UK brand over the coming months, and I'm still hopeful that something tangible will be seen at least before next summer, I think the legacy of the show, the legacy of the brand is secured in the fact that already it's helped to create two global superstars who genuinely have the world at their feet. Some good picks there, then. Yeah, I think it's it's hard to to differ from the the Pete Dunne uh, winning the NXT. I mean, WWE UK in general um, is given some big moments for Brit Rez. Uh, I think we're going to talk a, a bit more about that as the show goes on. But just to give it a little bit different to start off uh, our moments of the year, I'm going to go with Fight Club Pro. The moment the Death House was revealed, um, very specific one. Um, but yeah, yeah, frequent listeners to the show will have heard us talk about it uh, at length um, but it was just an unbelievable spectacle to be there live uh, to be stood there on one side of the building and to see uh, for Jimmy Havoc and Clint Margera's music to play and then for them to all of a sudden appear from behind this huge curtain uh, and reveal this death house with a scaffold and barbed wire and all kinds of fun toys um, that turned into just an absolutely incredible death match and I think it's just maybe it's part of the the visceral um, part of being there live for for that type of match. It's not usually uh, my kind of wrestling, but there was just something about being there live in the building for for that moment as a horde of people uh, sprinted over to see uh, Havoc and and Margera take on Ricky Shane Page uh, and Drew Parker. And it was just being part of that that big moment that that kind of blew up on Twitter on the night as well on the uh, the Indie Corner Twitter account. It was just as far as live shows go and as far as big moments for me in British wrestling, it was just yeah unparalleled. Um, but I don't know about you guys, JP. Uh, what's your call? Um, uh, it's one very specific part. We mentioned it um, previously, but the NXT takeover and, and what WWE UK provided. But it's actually one specific moment from the Pete Dunne. Um, uh, Tyler Bate match where the crowd started rather spontaneously chanting UK Mm. Um, I know that I think there have been this is progress chants but the UK chant kind of really stood out as like yeah this is like we at that point it was almost like a confirmation that what we had all been excited about seeing for the last few years in terms of the revival of British wrestling and the boom that it's going through, it felt like it cemented it of actually we have some of the the best wrestlers in the world, you know, not just young talent, not promising talent, some of the best wrestlers in the world on our shores. Um, And 
those chants and the kind of emotion around the match itself um, felt it was it was truly special. Hmm. How about you, Joe? I, yeah, I can't really disagree with JP, to be honest. For me, that will always be the standout moment. And we spoke about the match itself and everything it kind of stood for yeah. in the first show. And yeah, I think JP summed up exactly how I feel about that. Um, if I was to throw in like an honourable mention, this is quite a weird one. But one moment that's really stuck me over the year was the kind of surprise um, retirement of Paul Robinson mm. at Progress mm. when it kind of wasn't actually a retirement. Yeah. But it really got me because I just, it was really odd seeing him smile and seeing him cry in a progress ring and break character for a moment. And yeah, just, it sort of caught me out of left field. And yeah, it's a moment that's really sort of stuck with me over the year because I think he's someone who's quite underappreciated for what he's done for the British scene over the years, um, especially his work with say, someone like Osprey. And you look where he is now. And it was just a really nice moment to see someone who, worked his ass off as that heel character for so yeah. long and kept character getting this kind of uh, like quite surprising out of nowhere send off if anything the way they cut it on the VOD was so good as well they let it breathe they gave it its own little segment at the end and it was just yeah it was just it felt really emotional even though I wasn't there in the building just watching it um, <clears> yeah uh, absolutely I mean he's, he's still working for progress isn't he he's doing the um, he's kind of like the, the agent that runs in in a suit when they got a big angle that seems to be the, yeah, yeah. the role he's having now but yeah um, I know he's still wrestling in some places but yeah that was definitely a, an emotional moment there it's a, it was a sad one especially considering that I was really high on the, on him and um, Will Ospreay doing a heel run in progress I think that's been oh, a, a big miss hasn't it this year I think uh, the Jimmy Havoc Mark Haskins team as faces could have really done with a few of the Swords of Essex oh, where God, the Swords yeah. of Essex were heels I think that would have been a few that would have lasted all year and it would have been absolutely brilliant and the Havoc Osprey kind of natural pairing I think would have really got them through the year as well. So it's such a shame that didn't happen. Am I allowed one more honourable mention? Go for it. Valhalla Rob Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> no love for the Strangler reveal, just Valhalla? No, I'm not a Strangler man. I'm a Valhalla two-bit, one-pound uh, Primark uh, Hitman, Rob Lynch man any day over Strangler, <laughs> uh, sorry. Martin, can you stop that? Uh, sadly, I can't. <laughs> I, think, I think we should have ended on that one. Um, I mean, it's hard for me to say anything else other than what's already been said, but it's got to be Pete Dunne, yeah. Tyler Bate, hasn't it? I mean, thousands of WWE fans in Chicago chanting UK and, you know, two of the best in the world having the best match in WWE. Um, so, you know, it's not going to be topped anytime soon, I don't mm. think. Um, I mean, I've got an honourable mention of Travis Banks winning the Super Strong Style 16 tournament. Yeah. Obviously, the, the whole three days were fantastic. And um, just a culmination. I mean, even though wrestling can be predictable sometimes, it's sometimes good that it's predictable. I mean, everyone going in kind of knew that Travis was going to win it. But seeing him win it and the emotion, and I thought they did a really, really good job of it. I know some people said, you know, it was a slight copy of the Travis Banks Infinity win from Fight Club Pro the year before. But uh, for me, I just really, really thought it was a brilliant moment. And, um, you yeah, know, it was just fantastic seeing uh, Travis Banks uh, win the whole tournament after such a fantastic three days. That seems to be where it peaked is the only thing, isn't it? Because I would like to say that Travis Banks winning the title in progress this year would be one of my moments of the year. But yeah. I do think that some of the steam was gone. And I think the high point was probably that, that super strong style win, wasn't it? 
Yeah, and I think the booking, we spoke about it at length, obviously, <laughs> but the booking of uh, the Ali Pally win and the match and the layout and all the rest of it was just shocking at the end of the day. And he even said uh, that that was his high point as well. So, yeah, I think it says a lot that he enjoyed that moment over the actual title win, if anything. If I can mention one other thing from Super Strong Style, and it, it was, um, again, a very specific moment. It was the point when Jack Sexsmith pin Zach Gibson, um, which they'd had kind of uh, had an ongoing kind of feud. I think at this point, Gibson had just kind of started making his return after the, um, the, the world of sport didn't happen. Mm. Um, but it was that moment where Jack Sexsmith um, pins um, Zach Gibson and the, the, the reaction for the crowd. And it was a crowd that were kind of desperate to get behind him. Yeah. And it was, it was really, it was really emotional and it kind of was a nice culmination to this kind of very kind of small feud, you think, within in the kind of greater scheme of things. Yeah. But it really paid off. And it kind of led to the even more of a kind of crowd embrace from somebody who'd gone from a comedy character to this kind of genuinely sympathetic character. And that kind of felt like it was the apex. I don't know. I mean, I, I agree with that. And in the moment, that's kind of how I felt. But just to look at where Sexmith's been since, I think... I said at the time, I felt yes. like progress hit a bit of a ceiling with him. And now, since that time, he's kind of felt that Zach Gibson beat him up. And that was part of the story, you know, laying him out on the outside. And now we've seen him fill that same role for Eddie Dennis. And then he filled the same role for the Haskins and Havoc team as well. So it's almost a sad ending, isn't it? To kind of that story where they, they made us think that Sexsmith had all this promise. And really, it was just kind of like, well, it resolved with, you know, okay yeah he got that moment but he really hasn't moved up the card has he so that kind of hurts it for me a little bit in retrospect well sadly it, we didn't no one had realized until the next day that he, he'd got, he was injured in that match true and he'd, true. Inju- and he'd injured his shoulder and so the match against zach wasn't what we had kind of expected it to be very true and and that was and that was quite sad but i mean i think it was certainly in terms of the change of his character i mean it felt like that was the kind of high point for it for me now following on from that me and jp recently got the chance at a show to sit down with travis banks and uh, with a sprinkling of mark haskins involved as well so i'm going to throw over to that interview right now Hello, Progress World Heavyweight Champion, um, the man of the hour, the man for whom 2017 has been absent. Your favourite year in wrestling? Uh, nah, no, no, of course, it <laughs> definitely is. Um, I thought when I first got here, I thought 2016 was a big year because like, it it picked up so much to what I was what I was used to. Mm. But I couldn't have even expected what 2017 was going to be like. So yeah, 2017 has been nuts. I think I've had something like 150 something matches this year I think yeah so wow. pretty busy pretty busy most weeks so yeah. if, if I can ask you what's your highlight for British wrestling and this doesn't need to necessarily be even about just yourself but yeah. your highlight in British wrestling for 2017 what do you think has been the best moment for you so far um, one would say the Progress World title was pretty big um, mainly because I got to celebrate it with my parents yeah. um, that was a big moment but the, the biggest moment in my eyes was the uh, Super Strong Style 16 win um, and that's 
personally because I've been spinning my wheels for so long in my career that it was the first moment that I thought wow I'm really making something of this now and it was a pretty like significant win for me both professionally and personally so I was like okay now we're getting somewhere and then it led to the Progress World title so because going into that yeah. weekend a lot of people have been saying predicting that, that, that it was yours yours to win yeah. and sometimes you think that there's the temptation to kind of go no we're going to go in a different yeah. direction yeah. because what people are getting yeah. but being there live and being there for three yeah. days it's exactly what everybody wanted yeah. the reaction yeah. was something that was just yeah. absolutely incredible and I think sometimes people like we need to give them what they want as well and I, I we had this, a similar story with Fight Club Pro going in with the Infinity Tournament and then the win yeah. as well and everybody said the same thing like oh it's you oh, know that was, that was awesome yeah but, but sometimes people need to be rewarded with that feeling you don't want to take that away from them and yeah, I think that's the special of a long story exactly well, yeah yeah well. and, you know, and, and I feel like had we done something like we'd gone a different way I feel like it cheapens the feeling that we had garnished during those those storylines and whatever else you know what I mean so I'm always about genuine reactions and like invoking in a, like an actual emotion out of somebody like whatever that is so like I wanted to like wrap it up like with a nice bow and put a full stop in the end of those storylines so and obviously that weekend as well where you, where you won the Fight Club Pro um, Championship was yeah. uh, your friend Luke was making a documentary yeah. about you as well how did yeah. you feel about that at the uh, time because obviously you've had a bit of time to kind of reflect on it um me and Luke, my friend Luke, that made that documentary, we've, uh, he's, he's been my best friend, he's been my best friend for like 18 years. Um, every year we bring out like videos and highlights um, of my career and like that one was like, at that time, we were just like, wow, we've done something special here, it was great. Like I've never seen like such good footage from him because he, he works on like TV and stuff and stuff yeah. and like, as I grow as a performer, he grows in TV and like we make better <laughs> videos yeah. and better quality co- content yeah. to go into it. Growing yeah. outside of Chabra and like, yeah, yeah. In a weird way, but yeah, it's all like, yeah. it's all been hand in hand. And um, but just seeing it back, you know, I was just thinking, wow, what have we actually done? What have we done here? This is amazing. And sometimes it, I, like, I, it takes me out of it, I'm, and I look in, I'm on the outside looking in, go, look at all the shit that I've done. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, this is crazy. But uh, we've got a we've got a progress one coming out as well. So, oh, cool. yeah, oh, excellent. Yeah, we got a progress one coming out. Brilliant. So. He seemed very happy on on Friday because we were stood right by him, and he yeah. had the New Zealand flag out the whole time. He was absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. cheering on um, Dunkzilla in the in the final against yeah. Amari as well. Was he well. also super drunk as well? He would have been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 He, was, he was a bit. He yeah. was holding it together. Yeah. yeah. What's your prediction for 2018? In terms 2018. of what, what do you think? Uh, do you have any predictions for 2018? Anything you think that's kind of on the horizon? Again, sort of within for yourself and yeah. for British wrestling. Um. Man, like I've always with my career, I've always been about setting goals. I'm a real goal setter, and I, as soon as I tick something off, I don't dwell on them. I'm like, okay, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? Um, I'd love to be signed by New Japan. That's always been a big goal. WWE, obviously, that's always like one of the bigger goals. Um, but really, I just love wrestling and making a living out of it. And just if, if 2018 is like 2017, fucking hell, that would, that would be cool as well. But um, yeah, just bigger and better goals. Like, yeah, that's it. I was going to say, um, talking about question, New Japan, yeah. saying that, um, it's a place I'd love to see you personally. Yeah. Um, 
And the Ring of Honor, uh, the match you do for Ring of Honor, when yeah. they had the, um, was it the Reach for the Reach for the Sky Tour? Yeah, yeah. Maybe. You and Chris, you and Chris Brooks. You, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. He was one of the. You did like a dark match or something. Oh yeah. Um, no, like there hasn't been any talk like at all. Like they they've just been really happy with us. Mm. And like every time we've like wrestled them, like they've always been really happy. Great feedback. Always like and they're just genuinely happy. And like I guess that's just about it like just keep showing our faces and doing a good job for them and hopefully they'll come knocking but like nothing nothing significant that I can tell you mm. but yeah because yeah if, if I knew I would just yeah, like, yeah, I would be excited excited. about it but like yeah yeah no but yeah they're just, and, uh, and, uh, and like the Japanese style like even in New Japan I just I love Japan anyway like I was trained in Japan trained mm. by Masato Tanaka and Okuda oh, wow. Hidaka so I, yeah I did Zero One for three months and um so I've always got that love for Japan so like being go- I think going to New Japan would come full circle for me I think very so, yeah. dream opponents uh, in Japan especially in the face <laughs> <laughs> Okada <laughs> yeah. Okada Tanahashi yeah. uh, I, to be fair I do like Minoru Suzuki yeah. um, I feel like I have a similar uh, intensity to him yeah. um, which would be amazing it's Terrific. a pity it would never be able to happen but you versus Shibata would be that would be amazing too would be absolutely there's incredible. certain wrestlers that I feel like have the same qualities with and Shibata would be another one and I think we would have a killer match as well um, non-New Japan ones I always wanted to wrestle Daisuke Sekimoto and my trainer Masato Tanaka as well would be another dream opponent so because he's looking absolutely fantastic he's, I don't he's, know how old he is yeah, now he's but in he's, the best shape I've ever seen him in and it, he goes crazy man considering you would have seen him in ECW yep. and thinking yeah. how could he have such a long career from yeah. the things he was doing in the, in the mid to yeah. late 90s uh, the last time I seen him I think it was like the one night stand pay-per-view before oh, I actually met him Michael. Yeah, and he was like looking quite like chunky like he looked quite thick and stuff and then when I met him he was like shredded he was just like he's just like this machine yeah. like this athletic like cut machine and he was just like having these killer like 30 minute matches every night and I was just like god I'm not going to do that I'm going to do that and <laughs> now I follow you on Instagram yeah you are an enormous that sounds weirdly stalkerish when I said it like that but I was going to say one of the things you do um, your workout routine you are known probably as like just the most disciplined trainer that there is Um, how what is like your daily routine in terms of when you like in terms of the amount of work you do how do you get your cardio to be to to be fair um, a lot of when I very first started like working hard was always I've always done it like I I trained in karate and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and sumo wrestling and stuff like that Mm. and I used to play rugby so like I've always been really disciplined when it comes to sports and stuff like that and then I applied it to wrestling as well and I've always been pretty like disciplined with it and I always took it super seriously with my diet and stuff this year because I wrestle so much more I don't train as hard as I used to when I was in New Zealand I trained way harder and I kind of feel lazier now and everyone's like you're like a machine I'm like I feel lazier than I was when I was in New Zealand you'll be in there like three in the morning yeah, yeah, yeah. and you'll think I've got to do some, yeah. I've got to do the leg work no in New Zealand I was like wrestling training like three times a week I was in the gym like twice a day like because I had time now I don't have as much time because I'm always wrestling and I'm always away so 
That's that, but yeah, um, I just I make an effort to uh, do a little bit of like intense cardio every workout, as well as my strength lifts and stuff like that, just to keep myself in good conditioning. But also, just resting so much helps me stay in good conditioning. But I've always, yeah, I always have good cardio, like ever since I was a kid. So like, never really found it too difficult. But yeah, I was going to ask you, um, you're the head trainer at Fight Club, yeah. Well, yeah. Right? How was it you got that gig? Um, so. Well, there's a bit of a story to it. Like in New Zealand, I was the head trainer for pretty much all of New Zealand. Um, it, it's quite funny, uh, and I was a little bit unsatisfied there because people there, and this is not for everyone, I'm not saying everybody in New Zealand, I don't want to bury everyone in New Zealand. Uh, of course a lot of them are hobby wrestlers and they don't push themselves and it makes me feel uninspired when I can't inspire people to be better than do you know what I mean like like I can push them so much but if they really don't care to be career wrestlers or something like that I feel a little uninspired about it all Yeah. so I got here and I started training with Fight Club Pro oh no, I, no sorry I started training with Kamikaze Pro first and I was training with the Hunters and then I was doing like one night a week of Fight Club where just like Martin Zeki the, the Fight Club owner was taking the trainings and I was just turning up to those turning up to those and then he said and Zach like, started putting a little bit more faith in me and then he was like do you want to actually just take the trainings I was like yeah because that's one of my other passions teaching people Yeah. and I was like cool and then I started taking the Fight Club ones with Zach and then they started growing and getting bigger the numbers started coming and then all these people like Millie McKenzie and Amari and then like the Australians came over that are all so passionate about wrestling and I was just like where was this like when I was in New Zealand yeah. this is exactly what I want and now I'm inspired to like teach and show and give my advice and and, and, and they're all like please give us more but, yeah Hello, Mark Haskins. You're all right, Mark Haskins has just joined us. <laughs> How are we? Good, man. Good, right? yeah. yeah. I just thought I'd come over here and interrupt your uh, your interview. Yeah, you carry on. What do you, Mark Haskins, what do you think about uh, the Kiwi Buzz or Travis Banks? Wow. You know, if I was, when I was a child, yeah. if I was to imagine the ultimate Kiwi wrestler, yeah. I would envision a very angry, yeah. very, very handsome, <laughs> But also very intense, short man with different colored kick pads, just <laughs> kicking the crap out of people. And as if I dreamt it, yeah. and then it appeared, it appeared in before you years yeah. later. And it's, oh. been a, it's been a fantastic experience. Just thank you, man. So, so we can thank Mark Haskins for bringing as, me to light. As 100% your biggest fan <laughs> is, is myself. I thought you were going to say the bushwhackers for a second there, mate. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Uh, please, could you just throw in some like strong style like bushwhacking? Yeah, yeah. Uh, tonight, uh, gonna, uh, tonight I'm going to debut the bushwhacking. <laughs> Thank you for that, man. No worries. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> just to ask you, what's your highlight for 2017? What's been your personal highlight for this year? Um, just getting to be a part of this whole British uh, movement, really. Like just seeing it, like how far the scene has come. Because I broke in at a time where. Like what we have now just wasn't even dreamed of. Like I never expected anything to be like this. Did you come through the Portsmouth School of Wrestling? Was yeah. it back then? Through the FWA Academy. When it it yeah, closed yeah, its but... doors in 2006, and then uh, Mark Sloan, who founded it, like he kept on eight of us and then trained us for a few more years. Um, so I got to you know, be a part of that. I think up until about 2010, um, which is when I stopped like training regularly on a 
know, down there. Um, but yeah, like I said, like the scene was just completely different. Do you know what I mean? And like getting to be around people now, like I don't watch wrestling. Like the only watching uh, wrestling I watch is like shows that I'm on, and that's because the people that I'm in the dressing rooms with inspire me. And, like getting to see them go out there and tear it up. Like getting to watch somebody like Trav, who I knew when he came in first into the country, and he was just like a dude trying to get bookings. Now he's like you know one of the best wrestlers in the world, getting his name out there, getting to fly out places like PWG and stuff. Like that's what like that's what makes this everything like super special for me is just getting to you know what I mean see these seeds get planted and then just watch them grow. Thanks for Travis Banks there with that, yeah, that running from Mark Haskins. Martin, what have we got up next? Yeah, it's time for uh, the big one, our last category, Wrestler of the Year. And uh, before we get into our picks, um, a number of people have sent us in messages uh, talking about their favourite wrestler from the European scene in 2017. We've got John Pollock, Strigger, Tim from Lutru Undead, Derek Montier from The Steel Cage, the guys from The Buzzards Pod, and uh, Jenna from The Indie Corner. Yeah. Saber Jr. Yup. Hey. There is something y'all can't understand. There is something y'all can't understand. This is John Pollock here to provide some Canadian content for the Indie Corner's year-end show. And my pick for best European wrestler of 2017 would be Zack Sabre Jr. I think that he had a phenomenal 2017, especially when you look back to the start of the year and there were a lot of questions coming out of the Cruiserweight Classic. Where was Zack Sabre Jr. going to end up as that tournament was wrapping up? And it was looked upon as a risk not signing with the WWE. And I think in hindsight, it's amazing to look back at where he would have been had he stayed within the WWE. Instead, in 2017, we saw him make his inroads to New Japan, instantly being aligned with Suzuki Gun. And then to me, the breakout was uh, beyond just the introductory phase, the feud with Goto, it was the G1, establishing him night one with Hiroshi Tanahashi, uh, bookending the G1 with victories over Tanahashi, and every single one of his matches within the G1 told a story based around his style. And Zack Sabre Jr., who I think is one of the best heels when he is working as such, because this is a guy that can get over strictly bell-to-bell as a super heel, doesn't need to talk doesn't need promos. His style is that effective. And every one of his matches had that story attached to it of him forcing his style onto his opponents and then culminating with Tanahashi getting his victory back in September at the Destruction Show. So that is my pick, Zack Sabre Jr., who had a tremendous 2017. And hopefully we now see a progression for Zack in 2018 within the heavyweight ranks of New Japan Pro Wrestling. from cagematch.net, prologue.com and the host of the Eastern Lariat podcast at MLW Radio. You can also find me on Twitter at S-T-R-I-G-G-A. And some of my favorite moments in European wrestling this year were seeing Katsuyori Shibata live, especially in hindsight, obviously, this 
was very special for me. Uh, I also saw Meiko Satomura, Rebo Canero, Ultimo Guerrero, and Rey Mysterio live, which is which was also pretty crazy. And yeah, so traveling was was very special for me this year. I traveled to Ireland, went to OTT. I was in England four times this year for Revolution Pro, for Pro Wrestling Eve, and for Progress. And um, Yeah, I, I really think that the European fan base is getting closer together with, with a lot of people traveling to England and people from England coming to Germany for shows. That's pretty great. And so the European fan base, in my estimation, is coming closer together, which is, which is kind of a counter movement to uh, politics uh, right now, which is pretty great, I think. And, um, yeah, out of all the European wrestlers I saw this year, there is one man that has to be considered my favorite, and that man is Walter from WXW. WXW obviously is uh, uh, my quote-unquote home promotion, because I've been going to WXW shows since 2004 now, and it is it has grown constantly since then. Walter is such a great wrestler, and he has traveled the world. He was in Japan and, and, and in... Uh, America this year. He has this great team with Timothy Thatcher as Team Ringkampf. They really are a great unit of two wrestlers that are pretty different, but overall they have this this um, common mindset of what their wrestling is supposed to be, and, and that works perfectly for them. And Walter also was in my favorite European wrestling match this year, which was Walter versus David Starr at the WXW show in London, just an amazing, amazing match, and he is an—he's a great ambassador for German wrestling and I think for European wrestling altogether. So overall, it was a banner year for pro wrestling in Europe. Oh, this is Timothy from Lucha Undead, and this week in wrestling over on the Pro Wrestling Only Podcast Network, and uh, I'm coming in to talk about my European Wrestler of the Year for 2017 here on the Indie Corner. Uh, for me, I think it's no question, uh, hands down, if you're talking about just the European scene as a whole, the most important wrestler, the best wrestler, and the Wrestler of the Year for for Europe has to be Walter from WXW. He spread his legs a little bit this year, wrestled in progress primarily in the UK, wrestled a little bit in America for Evolve and, and uh, PWG, but primarily makes his name in WXW as the cornerstone of the biggest, prom or yeah, probably the biggest promotion or the, you know, most, most uh, well-run business-like promotion, great production values, great touring schedule, great matches night in and night out, running the training school, taking care of business all around. Uh, he's the guy, Big Daddy Walter. Uh, excited to see what 2018 has in store for the big man uh, moving forward. All right, everybody, thanks. <laughs> So my wrestler of the year is Chris Brooks, no surprise, surprise, but I really think 2017 has been the year of CCK and the year of Chris Brooks because this year he's gotten to not only prove himself both as 
part of CCK as part of a tag team and unfortunately because Lycos has been injured for a while in the later part of the year he's gotten to really show himself in singles competition as well but I have a few main reasons why I think Chris Brooks is 2017's Wrestler of the Year. First of all, the match that stands out the absolute most to me this year was his match with Nixon Newell at Rise Against. Everything about that match is incredible. The storytelling, the wrestling, the intensity, the emotion. It's an amazing match, and I think that deserves an absolute shout-out, first of all. Secondly, Brooks has been the Fight Club Pro Champion since June, when he won it at International Techers, and he still has that now. He's had amazing title defenses he had an incredible match with pentagon he reunited the original uh cck when he had jonathan gresham as part of the team he's just he's been killing it at fight club um also this year alone he's held the progress tag championship the czw tag championship the rev pro tag championship and the attack tag championships and he held them all at the same time so i really think You've seen a growth in Chris Brooks this year, and I think you've really seen him step it up even more than he had before. I think he's had incredible matches. He's shown that he can be really, really funny and really entertaining, but also have that intensity and that drive and that passion, and I just think he's been great. Uh, also, obviously, huge shout out to the other two members of CCK. Uh, Travis Banks has also had an incredible year in so many ways, and he continues to get better and better every single time he steps into the ring. And then, of course, big shout out to Kid Lycos, um, and hopefully he feels better soon. He's had a great year, and I can't wait to see him back in the ring again. Hello there, this is Steve Herman from the Buzzards Wrestling Podcast. Alongside me, our encyclopedia of WWE, Mr. Ed Wilson. So, the British wrestling scene wrestler of the year, in our opinion. Now, I'm going to throw a bit of a curveball on this one, Ed, because my wrestler of the year is not British, but it's someone who, in my opinion, has had a phenomenal year on the British wrestling scene, and that is Travis Banks. Yeah, um, the first one that sprung to my mind was Pete Dunne. It's obviously the amazing year he's had. Of, you know, didn't win the UK tournament, but was the shining star of the tournament. And then later on in the year, had that amazing match with Tyler Bay at NXT TakeOver and won the title there. And has since, I think, been one of the breakout stars in WWE. Yeah. And obviously, he's continued to do what he's been doing for years on the British wrestling scene. So he was the first name that popped into my head. But Travis Banks, as you rightly say, he's been phenomenal every time we've seen him. And it's hard to argue that he'd be right up there. I, I'm throwing it in as a technicality. I, I do think you're absolutely right. And I, I wouldn't argue against anybody who picks Pete Dunne. Like you said, phenomenal year. Involved in what I think is the match of the year. That that match at NXT TakeOver Chicago. Mm. But it didn't happen in a British wrestling ring. It was a, a UK championship match, but it happened in Chicago. So I'm just being awkward and technical, yeah. uh, basically. But I, I think for me, Travis Banks, I mean, in 2016, he closed out that year winning the Infinity Tournament at Fight Club Pro. He then cashed in and won the title early in 2017. He was the first ever Lucha Forever uh, champion as well, which we saw that match against Shane Strickland. Yeah. And he's capped off towards the end of the year winning the Progress wrestling title well it's, it's just uh, he's just continues to rise doesn't he um and also obviously his involvement in cck as well they've had mm. as as a three-man team have done really well and he's been a big part of that so he just everywhere he, he seems to the hot property doesn't he he seems to be the one that everyone wants to have on the top of their shows around this country he's 
head like progress champion i mean you know they have a relationship with wwe so that just goes to show how big they've got over the last 12 months and for them to put their main title on him goes to show that you know he he, well, he definitely does deserve it because we've we, we've we've seen it, but that's a big stamp of approval. And also the Lucha Forever, I mean, that did amazing for the first show. I mean, we were blown away by the production and how how uh, smoothly everything went with the whole show from start to finish. And with him being the first ever champion again, that's another nod of approval. And obviously, we uh, only spoke to him briefly afterwards, but he was a very grounded and, and top bloke as well. So the world is his oyster. So there you go, a bit of a split vote from the Buzzards Wrestling Podcast. Ed has gone for Pete Dunne, I've gone for Travis Banks. We'll be discussing all that and more in our end-of-year episode. That, of course, is the Buzzster Awards coming up on Audioboom, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts and IWNlive.net. You can find out more about that and us at the Buzzards Wrestling Podcast by going to Twitter, follow the Buzzards, at the Buzzards Pod. Hey guys, it's Derek Montilla from TheSteelCage.com, occasionally known as the mayor of Reseda, California, and I am here today to announce my European Wrestler of the Year. Uh, my European Wrestler, I am pleased to announce, is none other than Walter, or as I like to say it, Walter. Uh, Walter has had an amazing year. I feel like 2017 was truly his breakout year. I know he has been well-known in Europe for a number of years for his abilities and, and the performer that he is, but I felt like 2017 was his year to break out outside of Europe. I feel like fans in the United States and elsewhere really got to know him really well this year. Uh, there was a lot of exposure for him in the, in the States, and I know that I got to see him myself for the first time at PWG's Battle of Los Angeles. I feel like that is... You know, really big deal for a lot of wrestlers. I know PWG is a launching point for a lot of careers. So it was great to see him there, and it was great to see him deliver so many memorable moments over the course of one weekend. I wasn't there for All-Star Weekend, but I understand that he really impressed there as well. I saw some of the highlights in his match against Ricochet, and he just tore the house down. So uh, PWG, you know, you have William Regal lurking around backstage. You have a lot of exposure to that, and I think that uh, the sky is the limit for his career at this point. I couldn't be happier for him because he's a tremendously nice individual, and I wish him the best. So congrats to Walter, and I hope that he uh, have, that has some big things in his future. Thanks so much for listening, and remember, kids, dicks out for Rinkoff. So thanks for everyone sending their picks in there. I mean, Walter's someone who uh, everyone's been talking about this year, and it's made me realise that I definitely need to check out more uh, 
WXW next year. And uh, moving on to our picks, um, I mean, I'll go first. My pick for uh, Wrestler of the Year has to be Jordan Devlin. I mean, if you told me I was going to be saying that um, in January, I would have thought you were absolutely mental. I mean, <laughs> he, he started the year making his debut for WWE in the UK Championship Tournament. And, um, well, he certainly, you know, he got over with the crowd as one of the biggest heels of the tournament. His match over the two days didn't do a great deal for me, but... You know, that that for me is where the neg- negativity ends. I mean, he's since then, he's had consistently excellent matches in his own promotion of OTT. I mean, we talked in the interview on the first episode, his matches against David Starr, Haskins and Moose. And um, I mean, watching the VOD of the show with Moose, I was considering skipping it, but it's definitely one of my favorite matches of the year. I mean, he made his debut in progress, had a great match with Travis Banks, which has kind of left me scratching my head as to why... He hasn't been back to progress since. Um, mm. I mean, him and Trent Seven had an absolute war for ICW in Liverpool. He's been in some great scramble matches for Fight Club Pro. I mean, it doesn't matter where he's been or who he's been in the ring with. He's consistently delivered, and it was great to see him in the year as uh, the new OTT champion. I just really hoping we get to see more of Devlin in progress next year and also maybe see him head over to NXT with the likes of Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate. I mean, incept- exceptional year in the ring for him. And I can't wait to see what 2018 brings for him. Yeah, he's had a good time in Fight Club Pro when he's been over as well. Um, even though he's been in a lot of kind of multi-man matches, he's really held his own in those matches and at times sort of played a pivotal part, held the matches together at times as well. I just don't understand why Progress are using Joseph Connors and they're not using Jordan Devlin. To me, it is like having... Well, actually, Joe, Joseph Connors was my honourable mention for a <laughs> Um, yeah, carry on. So, what was I saying about Devlin? Oh, I can't remember. Um, yeah, it would be great to see him being used regularly in progress or the WWE status that he has as well. To me, using Connors ahead of Devlin would be like starting, I don't know, someone ahead of like a Lionel Messi or someone at this point. It just seems absolutely baffling. Yeah, Devlin, fantastic. If I could say one thing about Devlin as well, and Martin, I think it's a really great shout. Um, if you told me at the start of the year that between him and Finn Balor, who'd have the better year, and it would be Jordan Devlin by quite some margin in terms of in terms of the match qualities and um, the the way that he has generally carried himself about, I mean, it's Devlin by a country mile. Which to some people they might just think of him as a as a poor man's Finn Balor, but that doesn't even sort of hit the tip of the iceberg and and the fact now that he's the um you know the import killer and the top man in ott i mean it's completely deserved if i go to my pick um not really surprised to anyone who, who listens to the show as well i've gone for travis banks um and it's kind of two pronged one is kind of in the ring um he's had um uh, some some brilliant matches. Um, his run at the minute as Progress Champion is kind of the run that we all want him to have as the guy who has really good matches. I mean, the, the Riddle match, Keith Lee, um, his Eddie Dennis match, his matches in um, super strong style. Mm. Um, we've already already mentioned a couple of other matches he's had as well. I mean, the, the ones with um, uh, Jack Sexsmith as well. Um, and also, uh, his match... Uh, winning the title against Pete Dunne, um, that, all of which have been brilliant. But it's also him as kind of filling so many boxes and how critical he is to the growth of British British wrestling. 
wrestling and European wrestling in the sense that as a trainer, you hear nothing but good things about him in terms of being a, a good positive force and getting the best out of younger talent. Um, also his work as a, as a excellent um, tag team wrestler um, for CCK. So you've got this guy who kind of ticks so many different boxes. Um, it also helps as well that he's, he's a really lovely guy. I mean, for any of the fans who've met him after the show, you can really tell it about this is someone who instantly you kind of have that goodwill for and you want nothing but good things to, to happen for them. And hopefully those good things are going to be happening carrying on into 2018. Absolutely. Travis Banks was really close to me as well. Um, <clears throat> he would have sort of been easily in a sort of top three, top five. But when I was really breaking it down, and he would have got the prize the last couple of years to me as well, I was looking through matches and what he's actually done when he's been here. And I, I'm struggling to pick anyone up with an Osprey again. I think in terms of sort of the stature that he's achieved and the quality, quality and consistency mm. of the quality of his work, I just don't think anyone touches the guy. Like, every time I watch him, I'm absolutely convinced he's the best wrestler in the world and no one comes close to him. Maybe I can see why people would disagree with that. Obviously, Akada has had an incredible year and a great variety of matches. And wrestlers are very different, kind of more main event style. But at the same time, Osprey has really improved this year as well. You look at what he's added to his game in terms of his strikes, uh, in terms of his submissions at points as well. And you also look at his selling, which I think mm. has really grown this year. He's such an unbelievably good wrestler. And I'm looking through a very long list of matches that I've rated this year. And he is in so many of them. And so many of them have taken place in the UK. I'm not the biggest what culture fan, as we all know, but think of that run in what culture that we spoke about earlier, yeah, where over yeah. like a sort of four or five day period, I can't remember if it was maybe even less, he was having this ridiculous run of matches against Travis Banks, Bailey, Mysterio, Ricochet. It was absolutely insane. And his work rate just cannot be questioned for one moment, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, at this time last year, me and you, Martin, we sat down and we did the PWN Catchcast Best of the Year and we were having a conversation about Will Ospreay. And I remember saying, it feels like he's slowing down. <laughs> it was not, not <laughs> yeah. that his best years were behind him by any stretch, but in 2016, the second half of his year didn't feel as up to the first half of his year. And again, he's a young man, but he works a particular style that you do worry about how many years he's got on him but there's no sign of him slowing down this year I don't think I mean the ROH contract kind of slowed him down a little bit I didn't see him as much as I wanted to this year I would have loved to have seen as we mentioned earlier that heel run in progress but who knows you know I know his uh, ROH contract is due soon I know Evolver teasing using him next year so hey maybe we'll get to see him back in progress again um, but yeah if, if there was ever a point of thinking he was slowing down this, I, I can't really add too much to what you said there Joe the, just the list of matches he had this year on my top matches of the year his name came up uh, in my top five the speedball match and the Zack Sabre match both there um, both incredible matches and he's just I think 
if the conversation is purely who's the best wrestler in Brit Res, who's the best wrestler in Europe, I really would make an argument for Will Ospreay. Um, as far as honorable mentions go, I suppose if you're talking, I know on the, I mean the Buzzards guys just talking then about Travis Banks and does he count as an import? Well, definitely not anymore. I think he, he might have had that conversation last year, but he's, uh, he's certainly one of our own now. So if you talk yeah. about someone who's worked in the UK full time this year, I probably would echo what JP said about Travis Banks, but someone we've not really mentioned at length there, although he's come up across the podcast, Pete Dunn. Um, maybe, I mean, he had one of the best matches of the year with Tyler Bates, albeit for the WWE. Um, and he's, again, there's an argument for him being the, the, the actual best wrestler. Um, but he hasn't really had yeah. too many memorable matches on this. I'm struggling. There were some good six men matches with British Strong Style. Um, some very heavy comedy matches with British Strong Style as well. Um, but I suppose you can't really blame them for when they've got these uh, big fat contracts um, to take it e- take it easy every now and then. Um, but yeah, is there an argument for Pete Dunne? Did anybody consider him? Yeah, he was on my list. I think he was sort of coming at sort of second or third, really, for me. Hmm. Um, I think that he's really added to his game this year. Yeah. Um, I think he can have a good match with basically anyone he steps mm. into the ring with and in terms of like presence and in-ring presence and bringing something just via his presence in the ring he's really kind of built himself in that way this year as well um the tyler Bate match is obviously for me his absolute standout match um but then he's had some really consistent he's had a really consistent role to play i should say in many six-man matches mm-hmm. and when during even though i wasn't a big fan of the manner in which progress was booking his run uh, as champion leading into the banks match he was having good matches every month not maybe sort of blow away um i, I don't I always love throwing out star ratings a little bit like four plus star matches but really good matches against the likes of eddie dennis and i think he really helped to get someone like an eddie dennis over that little bit more in progress mm. as a legit guy um he had a good match with zach jack sexsmith in progress as well um and then when we were over in ireland as well he was playing really pivotal roles and good british strong style six mans as well so i think he's brought a massive amount to the table not just in a single setting, but also as part of that British Strong Style unit as well. So I think, yeah, there, there is definitely an argument for Pete done. Yeah, I think it's just on the prominent side as well. I mean, you think most people around the world, now you think British wrestling and being the champion, Pete Dunne is kind of the flagship guy, isn't he, for Brit Res? Um, yeah. So you can't really argue that too, too much. JP, did you have any uh, other honourable mentions? I did. I mean, it's one that, that was brought up from... Um Earlier and the low, uh, earlier in the show, we were, we were hearing um, some of the some of the clips that, that we had sent to us um, for this. Volta, um, he is such a class act. Um, you're never going to be shortchanged by a Volta match. I mean, the highlight of the year would be um, the the three Volta matches that stand out to me: Volta versus Riddle, um, Volta versus David Starr, and Volta versus um, Ilya Dragunov. Those three matches kind of really shows what a phenomenal wrestler he is, how much he is this kind of throwback to what you'd imagine someone, you know, to be a proper tough guy. Um, 
and he has been he's been absolutely fantastic um we've been spoiled this year i mean there are there are so many wrestlers that we're not even mentioning i, I suppose with this i mean you, you'd argue zach has had a has had a tremendous year um which one the only thing i would, I would uh, oh sorry zach zach saber jr mm. um the only thing i would say about sort of pete dunn and i suppose this goes for tyler Bate as well is there's been the periods of time when you just sort of feel are they kind of treading water until they go to florida um and at times some of the matches is kind of any ties and stuff that joe was saying that it's kind of a somewhat inconsequential there hasn't been as many sort of high stakes match matches for pete dunn because there's always been this kind of idea of when you know him and tyler Bate could be almost taken away at a moment's notice um but yeah, uh, the the other honourable ones. I mean, same as what you guys have mentioned, though, um, in terms of Volta and Osprey, and I think obviously Jordan Devlin from Martin's a really good shout as well. For sure. Okay, well, uh, moving on. Uh, that kind of gets our main categories out the way. But you know us, we, we don't dwell on negatives. But you know, we thought we couldn't do this show without talking some of our our worst <laughs> of the year as well. Um, yeah, this has been far too happy so far. <laughs> well, I'm going to call this segment of the show the uh, let's call it the get in the bin segment. It's it's not unlike Room 101, um, but let's for copyright purposes call it something else. Um, let's just talk our worst of the year. I mean, I'll open up the floor. It can be a promotion. It can be a wrestler. It can be a moment. Uh, what's some of the worst Worst things to happen in uh, Brit Res and the wider Europe scene this year. The worst thing to happen, well, maybe not specifically in Brit Res, it was the British wrestling guys on 205 Live being made to look like absolute geeks <laughs> oh, yes. by Enzo Amori. Nothing on the guys themselves, obviously. All great wrestlers, all great talent. And that's what frustrates you the most about this segment. That, you know, if this is your, if you're a WWE fan, this is the first time you're seeing these guys. Why are you supposed to care about them? They just brought out, some of them weren't even allowed to line or to say anything. I mean, Tyler Bate was, you know, pretty over with the crowd. But, and I mean, and this was in England and the crowd didn't seem to care about them at all because they weren't given any reason to. No. And it was just awful. And I know, according to Chris Jericho, one of Vince McMahon's favorite, um, you know, quotes is, um, sometimes you've got to eat shit and like it. And I don't know if this was some kind of tester for them, you know, well, we'll see what, uh, bullshit they'll put up with before, you know, they get better yeah. stuff. But, um, yeah, it was just, what, what a waste. I mean, what was the point of even having them on there? It was just a, a complete waste of, uh, so much talent. And it was, it was such a shame to, uh, see it. So yeah, that can fucking definitely get in the bin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was sadly there. I was going to say, I was sat, sadly there for that one, and yeah, they couldn't look more like just a bunch of lads in trunks. It was just a, a real worrying sign, and we're going to talk about 2018 before we wrap up here as to what direction they're going to go with WWE UK, because yeah, I mean, we know that it's a group of talented guys there, but like you said, Martin, you would not know that if you were a first-time 205 Live viewer or one of the many people who were streaming out of the Manchester Arena uh, building as I stuck around for that 205 Live taping, mm-hmm. but uh, JP, you were going to say? I, I was going to say one of the other things is added on to that. Um, if we can put an end to that brass ring shite as well <laughs> that, they, that they like to talk about, um, because it's, you know... Well, what is it? And how what is it? it? Because no one has apparently grabbed it. So it's a fictional MacGuffin that yeah. some old man has made up off the top of his head on a podcast. Who's still stuck in 1984. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and at the end of the day, the problem is I find that that old cunt is... <laughs> <laughs> You look at this man who's like, hey, gloves are off. Cigars, beer, ACDC. 
And then you look at the 205 the XFL. Live. Yeah, and what 205 Live guys are true alpha males. So really, what of those British guys represent Vince McMahon's mindset, which is why I think we come to that Survivor Series main event and we look at the Final Four, and every single person in that Final Four in that Survivor Series main event really represents Vince McMahon's mindset. And so like, Kurt, he's an Olympian, he's an alpha male, Triple H, son-in-law, Shade. <laughs> The, the farmer's son. And then we've got big old Braun Strowman, who's a proper bloke who likes to go out hunting boars. Shinsuke Nakamura, Japanese, no thank you. A little Irishman, fuck that. Why would you push him? <laughs> then at the same time, some bloke who's doing a pseudo Triple H gimmick of a glorious song. Um, I'm trying to think of who else was in that match. But yeah, at the end of the day, no, no one's an alpha male. So because we don't seem to have as many true alpha males in the world as we might have 30 years ago. Everyone was a bit more one-dimensional, black and white, and insecure. Um, it makes things that bit harder for Vince McMahon to actually push someone. So good luck to Pete Dunn being a vegan, and good luck to Tyler Bate also being a vegan and having a comedy moustache, as much as I love them both. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, uh, JP, anything you want to uh, put in the bin here? We want to get rid yeah. of uh, for Brit Res for 2017? I think there's some elements or some chance I'd like to put in the bin. Um, the counter head of the referee, that can get to fuck. I've <laughs> zero interest in that. Like, seriously, or what you serve, what purpose do you serve but to try and confuse the referee? If you can't watch the match, don't go to a bloody show. Watch <laughs> it on telly. You're a grown up. Um, yeah, that bothers, yeah, that bothers me for that. I mean, you know. Thank God the moose chant has started to die away. That's one of them as well. We then both this guys, that shit, or no part of that. Any other chance that we're hating while I'm in a ranty kind of mode? Ten. Oh, that can get to fuck. Numbers, I'm lol. sorry. The swearing has really gone out of the, in the last couple of minutes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that stuff where it's like, and it is some of the stuff that we've complained about. Sometimes... You don't have to make noise at a match. I find you can just watch it and try and remember this wacky concept called other people <laughs> and maybe think, hmm, am I being a dick here by trying to take over rather than... It's like we were at IPW last week and there were some proper oh, dicks at that um, who, who, honestly, some of the stuff they were chanting, it's, yeah, get in yeah. the bin. You said it before, but <laughs> some, of those, some of those chants, yeah, just get in the bin. Sometimes just what's the bloody match ran over. One of the things I find going on to that, or carrying on to that, is that progress. Sometimes I hear, like, kind of xenophobic, like, xenophobic, I would shout it, that are done in, like, a comedy voice. So it's, like, acceptable, and then you get a laugh at people. Like, when Axel Dieter Jr. was there, I kept hearing, Dieter, in this, like, weird German accent. And it was like, hold on. Like, isn't that xenophobic? Aren't we meant to be in this, like, really liberal, forward-thinking crowd here? Like, question that, please? I don't know. Um, we spent a whole segment going on about how good Zach Gibson is and how much we enjoy him getting booed, and I personally, as a scouser, am very offended by that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I always apologise to you when we're there. based on that, and he's made it work for him. Whereas I'm not sure Axel Dieter Jr. was trying to kind of... Um, convey comedic stereotypical cliche german heat while True. he was there and it's just some of the little comments from some of the like i don't know idiots that go along to those shows that do my fucking head tell you what this can go in the bin and i've not looked at it for a long time because it's in my bin progress fan group what a fucking joke that <laughs> 
it's become a bigger joke as the years go on. I went on it the other day for about five months. I saw someone I'm friends with had commented on something, and it was some bloke talking about having a dream about an anime character in Jimmy Havoc. And then he posted a picture of what the anime character in Jimmy Havoc looked like in his head, and I'm thinking, like, the fuck is this shit? So why does anyone look at this? You need to stop doing that to yourself, Joe. I mean, just for doing these podcasts, I'm, a, a, I'm on a, the Progress Fans group, the Defiant group, the Fight Club Pro group. You get that in all the groups, don't you? Yeah, yeah the self-esteem true. that people try and get out of those groups, I find weird. Sorry, I'm a horrible person. <laughs> Anything else for the bin from you, Joe? Oh, God. Um, you've probably got me going now, to be honest. Um, I've got- yeah, Valhalla Rob Lynch is close from Primark. That, those can go to the bin. <laughs> if I can, if I can add one thing, and this is probably, you know, it, it, it's it's something more for the promotions themselves, which is, don't be afraid to take constructive criticism. We don't do a podcast like this because we just hate wrestling and think this will be fun to wind people up. Um, we we do this because we love it and we care deeply about it. We care deeply about the scene. So if you see something that's construct that that is a negative comment that is being kind of at least being backed up with some kind of reasoning behind it. He says, having us all go on rants there in one way or another. Um, but, but on a slightly serious note, try and take it in the way that it's intended. Mm. Like it's, it's not worth it. Like try and think of, well, maybe why are they saying this? You'll tell the contrarians apart from those who are kind of saying, actually, we just we want this because we we want you to try and take these these comments on board because it makes the crowd better. I mean, one of the things, and I'll I'll say it from the Defiant show we went to as a response to a lot of horrific fan behaviour, they had a code of conduct put in place. Now I'm pretty sure that's as a result of kind of listening to fans, you know, and rather than say, well, you should just enjoy everything because yeah, that's how life works, isn't it? If you don't like it, well, get on board. It's you're the one with the problem. Enjoy it. No, maybe I'm not enjoying it because that's my my personal opinion. So I think that's one of the things that I'd like to see that on board about except the fact that criticism isn't always negative. And here's a shocking one. Negative doesn't always mean bad. <laughs> well, I'm very glad I brought this topic up now because I've uh, got you all going. Should have done this at the start. I mean, just to, to wrap up on that, my one does tie into what you were just saying there, JP. It's the, for me, the thing that needs to get in the bin from this year is just bad social media, bad customer service. Um, yes. There have been some examples of this this year. Progress have been particularly bad at points, but I do think they've made efforts to improve, um, although their ongoing war with the bus company never seems to end. Um, Lucha Forever is a big one. We had the work in the rest hold uh, issue earlier this year. Lots of people were vocal about, lots of wrestlers were vocal about them cancelling their show, but we haven't really heard much on the Lucha Forever side. No one seems to be going to bat for, uh, for some of the fans, so I think that's been a, a real shame um, this year. Um, that that's We've had a, a few instances, really, where I think a lot of, even OTT, um, have had those issues online where they've responded to uh, critique of the behaviour of some of their fans badly, to booking Bram. Um, Bram's another thing that can definitely get in the oh, fucking bin. I'd like to think he was never out of the bin. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else before we wrap up our, uh, our little segment on the worst? Yeah, one more thing I want to say. 
Glenn. Glenn Jones' wardrobe. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right, okay. Well, as we start to look forward to 2018, then we'll just play a, a quick little game uh, that I wanted to put together, uh, likely or unlikely. Um, and again, not unlike uh, what the guys on the law or the ex-law used to do. I'm going to put some scenarios to you, and uh, you can tell me, guys, whether you think these scenarios are likely or unlikely. So let's go with number one, uh, ITV get back into wrestling in 2018. Is that likely or is it unlikely? Very unlikely. In any form? Yep. I don't think I don't think they'll offer WWE what they want, and they certainly I think they've fucked off the idea of doing all the sport again. <laughs> uh, unlikely. Um, I'd, I'd go with again for the reasons that Martin said, but. Uh, I I can see it on Channel 5. I'll tell you what, I mm. know someone uh, loosely, a um, friend of my girlfriend's whose friend works for ITV and had a meeting with Triple H recently. Mm. I don't know any more details and nor does she, but it was while they were over. I don't think you're even allowed to say that. But See, we're not going to get sued for all the fan stuff we said before. That's going to be the moment to get <laughs> us sued now, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Surely, surely that's not libel or slander. <laughs> well, uh, inside the trader, maybe. Um, yeah, I think with, with ITV, I think it's unlikely that they're going to start their own promotion again, but I, I mean, I could see WWE or maybe another promotion um, but yeah it, it's not a, if I had to put a percentage on it it'd be quite low um, it's celebrity wrestling back on ITV <laughs> that was, that was, do you know it's a shame because Joe mentioned Shah Samuels earlier on for crossover talent on ITV he would go down a Man, tree Shah Samuels <laughs> and I'm a celebrity get me out of here after his exposure yeah. world of sport fuck me I'd be watching I'm a celebrity if he was on there <laughs> Shah Samuels as a cockney going on to Coronation Street for a two week <laughs> that'd be awesome <laughs> <laughs> I'm dreaming. Yeah. All right, our number two then. Uh, Joseph Connors wins a Progress title. Likely uh, or unlikely? Unlikely. I think they know they've got too much of a mutiny on their hands if it happens. Yeah, unlikely. Or they might see it as good, like heat. Mm. Oh, I'm gonna <sighs> go likely in the horrible kind of almost very poor man's Roman Reigns type way. I think they know they've got better heels ultimately. Eddie Dennis being the one that it looks like it goes to next if they're going to put on a heel. But what say, Uncle Paul wants, Uncle <laughs> Paul gets. I did say a title. I mean, he's not going to win the Atlas belt anytime soon, but I suppose we wouldn't have imagined James Drake becoming the other uh, tag team champion for progress, so maybe there's a shout there. Okay, number three then. Uh, five star run more than three shows in the calendar year 2018. Likely or unlikely? Unlikely. Unlikely, and I'll give yet another horrific shite reason as to why that won't take place that's got nothing to do with their inability to run a wrestling company. (laughs) (laughs) Who is the, like, figurehead of Five Star? I've never... It's a video games company. Yeah, I know it is, but, like, who is it, like, is is, is a guy got any sort of... I never did that wrestling game, didn't they? Mm. But I've never... always hear just five star i never hear about like a guy who promotes five star or it runs five he was on the isaac's podcast and it was all shrouded in controversy because he had a bit that he wanted cutting out of it i can't remember what was his name now Uh, dan hinkles it is yeah right okay because he it just seems like i never hear his name and you think directed at like the person who's behind it all directly it's always behind the five star name if anything what do you think on martin are we gonna get three shows two one 
It's it's a weird one because I would have thought if they were going to be cancelled, they would have been cancelled already. So mm. I don't know. Obviously, I, I can't imagine Premier Sports are giving him a great deal of money to have it on free sports. So uh, yeah, I don't, I'm mm. kind of in the middle there. I don't know if they're going to run this entire tour to like you know 500 people a night or whatever. But yeah, but yeah, I can't I can't really say how unlikely or likely it's going to be because I, I would have thought it would have been cancelled already. Absolutely. So they they booked these major arenas as well, haven't they, for that run of shows? Yeah. Again, it's like they just never learned their lesson. Didn't they get like eight hundred people in like the Echo Arena two years ago or yeah. something? And if I can say it's quite a strange thing, looking at the list of venues they've booked, there's nothing in the Midlands. Yeah, it's really poorly thought out, isn't it? Yeah, all over. <laughs> it just feels like a man with like a wanking fantasy that he's trying to desperately make come true to me. <laughs> well, oh, we've got two more. They kind of tie into each other. So, uh, first one: uh, Progress sell out the SSE Arena. Uh, bear in mind, WWE sold it out with uh, NXT with ten thousand odd people. Uh, can they do it, Progress? Nah, that ain't selling out. Um, they could if the sort of long rumoured connection becomes public and they are lent a whole series of talent that possibly could could change it outside of that then no close but no unlikely mm. I think I they'll come it. close to selling it out but I don't think they'll quite get how many is it 10,000 yeah. yeah yeah I can see it about 6-7 definitely yeah, yeah. but sell out uh, I don't know they'll definitely break whatever break even point they've got yeah, yeah yeah I can see that that's it we'll tie it into that one then the final one uh, and we touched on it a little bit there ICW in progress uh, on the network by the end of 2018 likely or unlikely feels like we've been talking about that one for a full 12 months if Vince McMahon fucks off to do this XFL relaunch <laughs> um, um, and seeds some power at WWE and Triple H ends up in the uh, hot seat tight towers I could definitely see it because he's obviously formed what seems like very positive relationships with both the companies, mm. and obviously he's kind of um, carved out this image for himself as this guy who really sort of appreciates and respects the indies at this point as well. So I think it's all Vince-dependent. I think as long as Vince is there, the embarrassment of showing like a what's basically a pub in Glasgow on his sacred network is probably going to taint its image in some way. Um, but yeah, I think let's see what happens with the XFL thing. And I think it will come down to who's going to be in charge in the next year or so, really. Yeah. I think it's likely. I mean, you know, we could be waiting another year for this, but I, I think it's likely. Mm. Yeah, I think it's likely as well. I mean, apparently it's all been a done deal for a while now, hasn't it? If you believe yeah, a lot yeah, of the right. rumours you hear, so it's got to. Surely it's got to happen next year at some point. Yeah. Surely it depends what we count, doesn't it? Because in some form, I could imagine, even if they're not getting weekly shows, maybe oh. archive content, maybe something. We've mm. got to get some of the money's worth out of that relationship. Yeah, yeah. I could even see maybe like a little show where they take like half an hour and matches before shows or something for the network. Maybe as like a little you know preview. You, hey Joe, you know what you could call that? You could call it WWE UK. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Progress brings you WWE UK. <laughs> it's possible. Um, okay, that pretty much bring, that brings to the end of our likely unlikely. Any other thoughts, guys? Then looking forward to 2018. Anything else you want to see? Anything you're expecting? 
One thing I'd love to see, and it's a couple of things have been mentioned. The more that I think about, the, the better it would be for the um, for the British scene overall. And that's for Sky Sports to drop WWE and invest at a much cheaper rate in a British promotion. I mean, again, Fighting Spirit kind of outlined this very nicely, and I highly recommend reading that article if you get a chance to. Um, but to actually invest, putting a British uh, promotion on and you could do it at a prime time with increased production values for anyone who saw um, there was a fight on, on Saturday at your call um, that, that yeah. was on TV and the way that that is filmed so I, I mean I think this is something that I would love to see go ahead um, particularly and, and and all of us have, have brought this up before but g- given the slip in, in viewing figures for WWE I think there's a craving for something that's a bit more authentic and a bit more British and something more that's in tune with the, the overall psyche of the country Is it the, is the TV deal up in 2018 or is it 2019? I can't, it's 2019 It's 2019 Yeah, right? renegotiating in 2018 sure. Yeah, absolutely yeah. yeah, okay, cool Yeah, I'd love to see that myself mm. Thank yeah, but to agree with JP there, I think, yeah, and I was watching that York Call show the other night because it was on Sky Sports Myths yeah. or whatever, I don't pay for Sky Sports, but it is just the contrast between, you know, watching the, rep- I know the contrast in budgets is quite significant, but the contrast yeah. between watching Sky Slick Production and York Call, <laughs> it looks like a completely different venue, doesn't it? Yeah. It does. Can I just ask, what is it that makes it look different? Because I've not, I've seen boxing clips from your call before, but they've never been um, Sky Productions. They've been more like East End Brawls sort of thing. I would, I mean, in terms of the way that the shots framed and composed, the trust of the hard cam, which has been a particular bugbear, bugbear for us, it's using a very experienced crew, and this is not to slight the RevPro crew. It's a one-man been, operation at RevPro, isn't it? It seems to be Andy Q and whoever he can get to help. Yeah, and there's a, yeah, but that's they're having to juggle many different things. Whereas here, there's actually the kind of investment in in proper professionals. And Martin would know much more about 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 this than what I do. But it, I mean, overall, it's the sets as well. I think the way it's yeah. all set up as well, the ring and the entrance way, and it all just looks um, a lot. You know, well, basically, it's like it's a lot more money spent on it, which it has. You know, so uh, <laughs> yeah, like we say, we're not we're obviously not saying anything about Red Pro's on demand service. Fantastic. Just saying, it, you know, how good would it be if Sky Sports decided to start, you know, showing shows from Red Pro, maybe, or, or another British company, and look at the things they can do with York Hall? That's all we're saying, essentially, there, isn't it? Yes. Well, I did ask Andy Quilder once if he had any ideas of what he would do if they were to get a TV deal, and he said that he's got some very distinct ideas that he would present if that was to ever happen as well. And I always think to myself that Rev Pro are kind of. If if tomorrow there was going to be a British wrestling company that was going to go onto television, they seem like the company that are in the best position to me to yeah. go to television um, in terms of being very professional, in terms of having the right audience they're trying to aim the product at, and you could sort of build the audience from their place mm-hmm. as well. I feel so. Yeah, that would be something really exciting if it was to happen. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else before we close? I'm just looking forward to more shows, to be honest. It's been a couple of lovely shows I've been to this year. I'm scared to actually count and work out the final number, if I'm honest. Um, but, yeah, um, lots to come next year as well. I really hope we're here in a year's time still discussing what a really fun year we've had being fans of British wrestling and wrestling in general, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just to, I suppose, just finish on a similar kind of note. It's been... we. I forget at times 
how lucky we have it compared to the first kind of British independent show that yeah. I went to in 1998. <laughs> and it's just a world away from that in terms of the, the crowds, um, the diversity of the crowds as well. And I just hope it continues. I just still hope we have a boom in a year's time. Yeah. And it, it's starting to become cool again. It's at that point where I think wrestling is not far away from a kind of the mainstream cultural zeitgeist. Yeah. Without but, trying to sound like too much of a, <laughs> of an arse. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think that's a really good point. I think the, the wrestlers have never been better either. Uh, the difference in the quality of wrestler that we've got as an average guy 10 year, from 10 years ago. Um, it's absolutely insane. So yeah, long may that continue. And yeah, we've had some yeah. great promotions running great shows this year. So let's, uh, hope it carries on again next year. Right, so that brings us to the end of part two and uh, an end of a, a great year of podcasting, guys. I want to thank all of you for Martin for uh, our work on British Audio Wrestling, Joe and JP for British Wrestling Spotlight this year, and thanks to Stuart the Indie Corner for hosting us this past year. Um, so, guys, anything what you want to plug uh, in the meantime? I'd just like to thank you as well, Benno. You put so much work into this, yeah. and often at times I feel like a right slacker, uh, <laughs> just turning up and, you know, kicking oh. off and all the rest of it, <laughs> whipping out my... Uh, I ride on the coattails of those kickoffs, Joe. That's what, that's what it is. <laughs> I depend on um, Twitter followers for that. Oh, mate, you, you're way ahead of the Twitter game than I am. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, really great work on your part, mate, and cheers for sort of giving me and, I suppose, probably JP this opportunity as well, because I've really enjoyed the past year, and it's been really good to have Martin on board as well, and, you know, getting to see a bit more of you this year, Ben, I'm getting really sappy now, aren't I? Getting to (laughs) Martin as well has been really good this year, and uh, long may that continue into 2018. Yeah, and I think we should celebrate it all with a deep, meaningful hug the next time we're all in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hold you February, tonight, yeah. JP. Hey. <laughs> no, I just want to echo what Joe just said then, you know, thanks to all three of you, you know, especially Benno, putting all the hard work in for uh, these shows, yeah, and just thanks to all three of you for um, inviting me on, I've always enjoyed uh, chatting with you, and uh, yeah, it's, it's tomorrow uh, wrestling in 2018. Indeed. Uh, so yeah, we'll end it as we always do, where can the people find you on Twitter? Lemsit 4Ps, JPGP, 3Es. Um, you can follow me at Bushby01, and also, just before we finish, um, I know a lot of you will have noticed that uh, John Pollock and Wei Ting did a uh, show on Christmas Eve, um, a big show announcing all their future plans, and um, I think if you listen to that, you might be quite surprised to hear two familiar voices on there. <laughs> Indeed, yeah, very excited for the for the coming year, the uh, the post-network, post-wrestling, um, some great things to come in uh, in 2018, uh, for me, yourself, and for Ollie Martin, so yeah, should be great uh, you can find me on twitter at benson richard e uh, and i guess we'll catch everybody next year bye <laughs> cheers mate.